Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caproletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And today we're here to talk through Double Mommy. It's the second installment in our Double Double <laughs> series. <laughs> double Double feature. Yes, it is. It's a Kim Licka instant classic. Yes. And directed by Doug Campbell. Yes. Who directed Stalked by My Doctor, among others. So he's got multiple entries in the running for Perfect Lifetime movie now. And we've done, what, five movies now? So yes. um, He's just hitting them out of the park. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, Dull Daddy uh, last time was pretty good, but Double Mommy really ups the ante. It does. There is not even one second of lingering on anything. It's just plot point after plot point after plot point. So, with that said, should we dive right in? Let's begin. The movie opens, just like last time, at a party filled with teenagers. Again, we are not going to be discussing looks. These are adults playing children, but for the context of this, they're children. So, no looks. This is a party at Brent's house. Brent is played by Mark Grossman. He's a brunette. And he gives me villain cheekbones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the bone structure of an absolute villain. Would he be in a boy band? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sir. There's never the rapey one yes, in a boy that's band. True. That is a very good They're point. They're supposed to be non-threatening sexually. Yes. Um, <laughs> Not going to make it onto the pages of Tiger Beat. He's an attractive person. Yeah. He just... When you look at him, you can see why he was cast as the villain. Oh, yeah. So anyways, it's a party at Brent's house, I think, right? No, it's, it's his friend Neil's house. Oh, it's okay. So, oh, that's right, because he has to pack his whole rape kit before he goes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, doesn't his dad, uh, you know, foreshadowing his evil dadness, ask if his friend Neil's father is a postman? Yes. Perish the thought. A postman? <laughs> also, who calls them postman anymore? <laughs> so, okay, so he packs his whole little rape kit. I was not kidding about that. He packs some pills and a, a water bottle filled with his dad's 100-year-old scotch, which, what teenager? Yeah. And then he leaves for this party at someone else's house. Were they out of twisted tea or hard <laughs> seltzer? So at the party, Brent, the villain, tries to kiss our lead mommy, uh, Jess, who is played by Morgan Obren, no, Morgan Obenret, Morgan Obenretter. I don't know. I, I don't know how to say her name. She's not a famous actress. Morgan something or other. Yet. For, in her class, she was probably called Morgan O, because there were probably like 17 Morgans in her <laughs> yes. class. So we'll call her Morgan O. So, um... That was not a dig about her act. I just don't know how to say her name. No one's ever said it before, so I have no idea. As long as you don't call me Matt C. I haven't liked that since 1985. (laughs) Morgan Ovenredder. So he tries to kiss Jess, his best friend Ryan's ex-girlfriend. Ryan is not there. He's away working some summer job. Mm -hmm. Immediately setting him up as the good boyfriend. The missing boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, whatever. Because he's working. He's not the rich guy. Right. You know Brent's the bad guy. His parents are too rich for him to be good. <laughs> so he tries to kiss Jess and she refuses. He proceeds to give her a drugged cola 
it says cola in very big letters <laughs> on the can. <laughs> yes. And he offers to drive her home and then proceeds to rape her in his car at an abandoned basketball court and says, no one tells me no. <sighs> so immediately all of the things that caused me to mount my high horse last week we don't need to saddle up for this one it can remain stable double mommy takes care of that double mommy does not there's no gray area this is a concrete villain we're being offered and it's called rape many times so my job's done i don't have to make a case for it (laughs) It was also pointed out to me after last week that I should stop pretending like these are real people and start treating them like fictional characters <laughs> and maybe not get so invested. So I will try to pretend like these are fictional characters. Just as a brunette, that's all you need to know. Okay, so she wakes up the next morning in her bed. She's clothed, but her pants are partially undone and there's a bruise on her thigh and she can't remember anything and uh who should show up at her door but her ex-boyfriend ryan they get back together ryan is played by griffin freeman that's a name i can hit out of the park oh yeah well and two good last names so they just got back together they get back together Jess gets back together with Ryan, and then we cut to eight weeks later. Jess and Ryan are hooking up, and she starts puking and then bleeding down her thigh. And he takes her to the hospital, and she finds out that she's pregnant with twins. Her mom finds out because she walks into the clinic, and Ryan's mom is a nurse. I think we're to assume that she's a nurse in this hospital. Yeah, it's it's all too convenient. Yes. But she's present for all the big hospital moments. She insists on a paternity test. Yep. Because she says it's going to cause a strain and disruption in Ryan's life. I don't have a huge issue with how she handles it, though. She's not mean about it. Yeah, no, no. And, uh, I mean, given that they're, you know, I think they're seniors. Because, yeah, they're talking about applying for colleges. and... And they're all, it should be noted, Jess is 18 at this point. Uh, Brent the rapist turns 18 during the movie. Yes. I'm assuming Ryan is Mm -hmm. 18 or turns 18 during Mm -hmm. the course of this movie. So we're looking at them taking the ultrasound. I'm going to admit that I I know less than nothing about ultrasounds. (laughs) But what I will say is that the babies in this, they were eight weeks, we are to believe, uh-huh. or maybe, I guess, nine weeks, if we factor in a few days for her to get back together with Ryan and whatever. They are the size... They're twins. Oh, did we even say that they're twins? We did. Okay. I, well, <laughs> did we need to say they're twins? We the, do need to say The title of the movie is <laughs> Double Mommy, yeah. so I don't... Unless there are two mommies, I guess you assume that it's one mommy two times. That's true. It could be a tale of two mothers. It could be a tale of two mothers. It's not. It's a... Tale of two fathers in one mother. Yes. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the rapiest of times. It <laughs> um, is a far, far better thing. No, I'm no, not quoting Sidney Carton. No. Um, I'm also tapped out on my Dickens, so <laughs> we just have to move on. Um, no, but I know less than nothing about ultrasounds, but those babies are huge for eight weeks. They were like avocado-sized. At eight weeks, which I do not think is accurate. I saw a full arm in one of the baby's 
sacks. Oh, I don't yeah. know. It's they're separated by clearly something. has to be a smaller fruit comparison at this point. Yes, I would think maybe a tomatillo. My guess. <laughs> What's well, on a fruit? My guess would be uh, fig, <laughs> or maybe you know somewhere between fig and plum. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think they're avocado size by eight weeks because if an avocado is like. Oh my God, I said I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> taking forever on this. You're taking okay. me down the produce train, but let's oh, let, let's, let's get focus. us back on track. Ryan's nurse mom also introduces fleetingly the idea of not keeping it, which I appreciated. So then Jess starts to think Brent got her pregnant that night at the party. She's having like vague recollections of yeah. the party before Ryan came back. And so she wants to get the per- paternity test right away. The... I can't keep these guys straight. Ryan's mom mm-hmm. had said, get a paternity test. And I think she meant like once the babies were born, but just wants it immediately because she right. wants to clarify who is the father of her children and yes. if she was in fact raped. So it turns out that Ryan is the father of one. Mm-hmm. And Brent is the father of the other. And we are going to introduce a long medical term to this podcast, which is... Heteropaternal superfecundation. And if you are wondering if it is real or not, as we wondered and joked about when this movie was released in, I think, 2017, Uh, when we first watched this, Matt and I had a great laugh about, oh, this is so ridiculous. In fact, friends, this is a real thing. A very rare thing, but real. I am holding, I'm going to crumple the paper so you can hear me. I am holding in my hot little hands a Washington Post article from 2016 called how these twins turned out to have different fathers. And in fact, it is extremely rare, but there are 10 known cases of heteropaternal superfecundation in the world. It's also called bipaternal twins. Well, that's a lot easier to say. Yes. We might stick with bipaternal (laughs) twins because heteropaternal superfecundation does not roll off the tongue. We've already figured out how to say it. Let's just roll with it. I know. It makes us sound so fancy. We know doctor stuff. I'm basically a doctor now. I watch Devil Mommy. (laughs) So in the movie, they explain that it's, if you have sex with more than one partner during the time of ovulation, Ryan hears this and runs off. He thinks Jess has cheated on him. Yep. They were broken up at the time, but still. uh, Allowed to be upset if someone. Of course. If you were broken up for like two months and someone has a baby with someone else. Yeah. So with this confirmation, Jess then uh, reports to the police, um, and they show up at Brent's house to interrogate, uh, and. His... We meet one of Matt's favorite characters. Yeah, Brent's Brent's dad. Oh, we meet. What am I talking about? We met his dad like within the first sixty seconds of the movie. Right. Yeah, when he was talking about his friend's uh, father's yeah. postman <laughs> yes. uh, job. How but, could I forget? But uh, is his name Scott? Scott Davick. Anyway, he's the CEO of Davick Pharmaceuticals, which is one of the biggest pharma companies yes, around. He's a rich guy. I'll have you know. And the dad says, "You're not talking to the police without a lawyer." Brent says it's consensual. I think he actually says at one point she wanted it. Uh, maybe not this, but like, you know, just all of the rapist greatest <laughs> lines. Um, 
Sorry. All of the rapist most common Now that's lines. what I call rape. That's <laughs> turning this into a greatest hits. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, when I say it back to you, you're like, ick. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Um, so It's uh, volume a million and a half because uh, this is exceedingly common. Yeah, that's true. There's my horse! Hmm... <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> we both have things to be ashamed of now. Uh, so then Brent takes to social media, posting pictures saying she was hot for him. Hashtag slut. Two baby daddies. And my only issue with this was the fact that the movie made a very weird choice, which was instead of Brent posting a picture of Jess with Brent and Ryan when he hashtags it two baby daddies or whatever, he posts a picture of her, him, and some random teenager of color. It was some stranger that we've never seen. Oh. He was not a background character. I don't know how they got... I thought it was a shot from the party. But it's very misleading to post a picture of you, if you're a boy, you and another boy, and a girl... And hashtag it two baby daddies. And the other guy in the photo is not the other baby daddy. That's true. And it, it felt should... like a weird moment for inclusion. Yes, that's like, true. If we're thinking about better representation for people of color, I don't think that's the moment that no. they would want to be represented. Both fathers of the chil- of the of the babies are white in this case. As it's a is... Lifetime movie. Yeah, that's true. You're right. 98% of the cast <laughs> is white. Lifetime movies do have a problem of segregating into either being predominantly black or predominantly white there's not a lot of like truly representative casts right and so it was weird that like we have like a black cop and an asian nurse and then the other moment for representation was in the two baby daddies (laughs) okay yeah i'm just it's a small point that i was like oof we we hit a weird note there yeah but i guess you know, you can't count on teenage rapists to be thinking about better representation for people of color no. on their Instagrams. <laughs> it's just not on the agenda. Moving on. Jess tells Ryan that Brent was the one who raped her. She asks him not to say anything. Then we are at soccer practice. So much soccer in yes. these movies. <laughs> like, when is there going to be the Lifetime World Cup? I want to know. Or at least like the love, Champions League. I would love to watch. Because is it not said in this film, someone uh, talks about Brent saying, he's like Beckham out there. Yes, they do. Which is a an extremely dated reference for soccer. Yeah, especially by 2016. Yes. I don't think young soccer players now are looking up to David Beckham just hazarding a guess. Yeah. I think they would mention someone who's still, he's not actively playing. No. Okay. Well, no, no. Yeah. I mean, he moved to LA like... 10 years ago, I right. thought, to play. Sure. Yes. I didn't know at he what did. point. I mean, United States soccer is not very good. He could probably play for some teams, and they'd just be like, whatever. Maybe. Sell more tickets this way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So. Uh, he also, Ryan is getting, or no, not Ryan, Brent. Brent is also supposed to get a soccer scholarship to. Everybody's favorite. I mean, say it with us now, folks. Whitwindale. Yes. <laughs> There is a lot of soccer in Lifetime movies. I think we decided after watching one 
maybe two weeks ago that it probably has to do with not wanting so many background actors, like yeah. not wanting to pay extras. I don't know if you have to pay extras, but not wanting to deal with extras and then not having to get uniforms for like a whole football team or equipment sure. for a whole football team. And it is whatever. the world's game. So if this gets sure. exported, sure. you know, much easier to get behind than in American football. I would be fine with this getting exported. There have yeah. been Oh yeah. There have been moments I've watched Lifetime movies and thought, Egads, I hope we keep this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if a gift wrap Christmas becomes a perfetto regalo di Natale, then this sure. would be Oh. What would this be in Italian? Doppia mamma? Oh, okay. Or mamma doppia? Okay. It doesn't sound bad. Yeah. Or good. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, usually things in Italian sound so much nicer, but <laughs> that for some reason does not. Anyways, um, so we're at soccer practice and... There's a fight that breaks out, right? Yes, a fight breaks out. Brent comes up to Ryan and says he wanted to tell him and she wanted it and she yeah. was hitting on everybody and yep. blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can write this this conversation between these two guys. And the coach says that if they keep acting up, he's going to bench them. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to the next scene where the police tell Brent one of the babies is his. Right. And that's when we introduced, uh, again, Brent's dad um, coming back. He gives Brent a know your options brochure for Jess. Um, and uh, uh, Evil villain. Yeah. Classic evil villain yeah. offering a woman her choices. Exactly. It looks like one of those brochures from uh, Mrs. Pillsbury's office on Glee. Um, but uh, can't say I remember that at this point, but you mean like a joke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, Jess obviously is conflicted. She doesn't know if she can love her rapist's baby, um, which is obviously, you know, something uh, important for her to weigh um, as she and Ryan uh, talk about the other Baby. But, but we never take too long. Yeah. That's that's the thing. You're not going to catch this movie with a scene of her staring out of the windows, contemplating what's the best direction for yeah. her to go with her life, and should she keep them or give them up for adoption or have an abortion? No. We go straight to the point. She just lays out the, yeah. you know, the thoughts she's having on it, and boom, we are cutting to... The police interviewing partygoers and trying to establish if the sex between Brent and Jess was consensual or not. Neil, in the hallway, tells Brent that he's going to be interviewed the next day. Neil, who was hosting the party. He had seen Brent putting drugs into the can, so he knew he was drugging someone's something. Yeah. I don't know if he saw him actually hand it to Jess or not. Right. Just a little, like, PSA. If you see someone putting drugs into a can, don't let them give it to anyone. You know, should Neil have, have knocked the can out of his hands and said, get out of my house, you creep? Yeah, he for sure should have. But he didn't, and he tells Brent that he's going to tell the cops what he saw. Yeah, he tries to do the right thing. Well, I mean, after the fact, he tries to do the right thing. Yeah. Again, I'm going to say, the right thing to do in that moment is to knock the can out of the person's hand. Right, yes. <laughs> Call the cops, probably. Because that's a creep move. There's no... We're not given nuance in this movie. There's no, like... 
hmm, did he do the right thing or the wrong thing, Brent? No, Brent's an evil, evil character in this movie. So, like, if you let him go along his merry way, are you an accomplice? I don't know, but... Brent seems to say that he, you know, Neil would be an accomplice. I don't think that's how the courts work. No. I, you know, this guy's young enough that you could pull a shitty move like that and he wouldn't know the difference. Because what 17 or 18 year old knows a ton about the legal system. Which then Neil's dad intimidates. Uh, I mean, not Brent's dad intimidates Neil as a witness by trying to dig up dirt on his family. Then he comes to the soccer practice and sort of intimidates Neil by saying, oh, you wouldn't want colleges to find out about that DUI. Sort of menacingly implying that he's going to alert colleges to this DUI. He is the CEO of Davic Pharmaceuticals, after all. This is a man Uh, with power. And Neil's under duress. So then he ends up, uh, you know, he ends up lying to the police. He does. So at this same practice, Jess and Ryan show up and have a, you know, triumphant moment of saying, here's your pamphlet back and we're keeping the babies. And Neil lies to the police. And then Jess and Brent's parents have a summit. Love a parental summit. Yes. And there wasn't a summit needed between Jess's parents and... Jesus. Ryan's. Ryan's. I mean, I can't keep these guys straight. We didn't need a summit between the other... They're all middle class, so none of them are nasty. So there was no summit needed. She was fine to go along with whatever the girl chose. In this case, a summit is necessary because we've got the rich parents who are bad. Yeah. So they try to bribe her with a check for $500,000. So way richer than the last movie. For those of you scoring at home, five times more hush money. Yes. Well, I guess not hush money, but... No, uh, it's hush money. Yeah. I mean, I think they said they wanted her to sign a, a non-disclosure. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Who doesn't love a movie with an NDA? I, again, I have to come back to this. I mean, I don't know anything about the law. Please do not assume I know anything about the law and then take any of my questions seriously. But I... Can you use an NDA to cover up crimes? I thought that was like a huge thing was that like people who have crimes committed against them cannot be expected to like keep an NDA. I don't know. I think we no, do. No, no. Let, let, let that, uh, let, let, let the lawyers handle that. We're going to have to get an expert on this next yeah. time because I want to, I do want to know more about NDAs. So at this same summit, Brent, who is like, a chemist in training. I do not understand how this guy has access to... Is his dad helping him with this? Because we are left to question whether or not Brent's dad helps him with this because Brent's dad says, you're going to be doing your part to t- clear this up. Oh, that's right. And then the next scene is Brent with like a chemistry project dosing her with pills that apparently cause miscarriage. Yes. And we see there are all these like quick cuts to like headlines saying like... <laughs> like 
pill has terrible miscarriage side yes, effects. Yes, that's like right. Like completely spelling out what's... They do not trust that if he just drugged it and handed it to her that you would be able to understand that it was a drug to cause her miscarriage. Right. So we have to like get headlines spelling it out for us. I mean, he practically has like beakers and pipettes in the kitchen yes. making this happen. Well, and, and the other part that was confusing is that Jess has already been drugged by this guy in a drink once. Yeah. And her parents aren't like... Don't drink that. Yeah. And she also doesn't have that reaction to be like, I'm not drinking anything you hand me yeah. that's not, that I can't open myself. Very confusing to me that you would touch the stove a second time, I guess yeah. is the only way I can think of to say it. Right. Um, and his parents keep saying all these random things about how Brent's mom needed to stay hydrated during her pregnancy. Oh, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. she says she drank 10 water bottles a day. Yeah. And, and so I guess they're all in on this plot. Oh, yeah. To cause uh, the baby's miscarriage. I guess so. Yeah. This, this is, you know, a rather sinister family. The Dabrick family. Yeah. So anyways, the 500000 was from... Brent's trust fund. Yes. He's going to pay for this, yeah. not his dad. Right. And we learn in the conversation that happened beforehand that the dad knew and the mom knew about this problem yeah. that their son has mm-hmm. because it's not the first time. Yes. And so I guess the money coming out of his trust fund is how they're going to make him pay consequences so he doesn't continue to do this. I don't know. Not great parenting. But Jess's mom tears up the check and they storm out. Right. These people cannot be bought. And, um, and good thing they storm out because Jess is feeling the effects of Brent's... Uh, drugging. Yeah. And she gets rushed to the hospital. Uh, they say if it were another hour, things would have turned out differently. Fortunately, babies are fine. Jess posts this on social media and Brent is hashtag date rapist. The Wittendale application is put on hold. Bye-bye soccer scholarship. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy when uh, uh, Brent's dad is talking to the dean at Wittendale, talking <laughs> about like withdrawing his uh, his financial support. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think he uh, talks about, uh, says like, you know, don't tell me my son isn't good enough for Wittendale. Brent's mom shows Brent the pills uh, and, and, you know, to tell him, hey, I knew about this son. So... Uh, obviously, but not I knew about this. Just to be clear, not I knew about this, and I'm disappointed in you or any of that. She says I knew about this. Your father's not the only one who's been watching out for you. Right, right. I'm doing that too, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the part that's a little bit like right ickier. But then Brent's parents threatened to sue Jess for defamation for her Instagram. I mean, yeah. Her... What what an assault on him? Yes. I mean, their poor snowflake son was tarred and feathered. Scion, heir to the Davic Pharmaceuticals yes. fortune. So, anyways, uh, we find out that Brent also did this to a girl named Emily. Yep. She took the money. She wasn't pregnant, and so he, of course, goes to Emily and says, "She better shut up." She's still bound by her NDA. Because Jess gets in touch with Emily, yes, right? Yeah. To, to get her to report yeah. to the police what mm-hmm. happened so they have a pattern of behavior. And 
So Brent goes and threatens her and she says, you know, buzz off. I'm going to do whatever I want. And so he proceeds to swerve his car at her and she crashes and dies. He just runs her off the road, you know? Yes. And the next scene, is it a soccer game? Ah, yes. And what a scene it is. Uh, We have this very important soccer game going on. And here there are actual people holding up signs in the crowd saying, number 18, rapist, (laughs) Uh, and lots of varieties thereof. So uh, obviously... There were lots of signs. People obviously are like really on Jess's side. Oh yeah, Brent's whole whole crowd Not enough to talk to the cops, but they're enough on her side to buy poster board and pens and and make their support known that way. And as a result, Brent gets taken out of the game, right? Yes, he does. What does it matter, though? I mean, he's not going to go to Wittendale, so why why even bother playing soccer at that point? That's true. Is he going to get a soccer scholarship to somewhere else? I don't know. Maybe he could like join like FC Barcelona's like youth team or something like that. Um. So Jess is standing in the parking lot of her school, and she remembers what happened. There are these big floodlights. Yes. Kind of like um the lights you would see in Friday night lights, those like huge Mm -hmm. lights that go on beside like football stadiums to light them up for games. All of the fanfare you typically associate with soccer, those huge Mm -hmm. (laughs) lights. I remember so well from watching many a soccer game in high school, but so she remembers where it happened. And so the police find out that there's school security footage and he's arrested, uh, Brent and, He's released because he's a white guy and he's rich. Yes. (laughs) Of course he is. And he's just beside himself that they are seeking eight years. He thinks it's extreme. I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. For a serial rapist who's using drugs by the age of 17 because he was 17 when he committed his first two rapes i mean i'd say yeah that's about let's keep him off the streets for it'll end up being like four years sure with good behavior and you know he probably would exhibit quote unquote good behavior in prison you take away his pills and women and he's probably not going to commit too many i don't know yeah (laughs) not to speculate but (laughs) so as a result of this charge his dad is forced to resign from davic pharmaceuticals yeah the shareholders uh, they have a call with them and i i love the scene where he is confronting the shareholders like saying that he needs to resign and yes his dad is far far more upset by being forced to resign from his pharmaceutical company than he was by his son raping a woman for the second time or being arrested He's not going to win Father of the Year anytime. No, well, uh, and further to that, I mean, earlier earlier in the film, doesn't he, after he finds out that Brent stole his hundred year scotch, oh yeah, uh, and took it to Neil's party at the beginning of the movie, he makes him finish the rest of it all in one go. They would be reported to Child Protective Services because his son would have to go to the hospital to have his stomach pumped. It was a. Like a full bottle of scotch. Yeah. The bottle, except for the part he stole and then watered it down, it was scotch. So, yeah. like, 
I, I don't know. Can, how many shots can you drink at 18 before you have to get your stomach up? I don't know. Yeah. And how many fingers do you think that qualified as? Yes, right. <laughs> 40? 20? Oh, boy. It was at least 10 fingers of scotch, yeah. folks. And I just, I don't believe he could not go to the hospital. Yeah. Just my guess. So then comes one of the weirdest scenes in this extremely fast-paced and very weird movie. Weird in the best way. He's on a dating site. Yes. Which is so strange. And in terms of like predicting what can come next, usually Matt and I can predict every event that's going to happen in a Lifetime movie, more or less. We've seen enough and there's kind of a formula. You you get the gist of where it's yeah. going to go. You know the best friend's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, the girl um, who was the previous rape victim uh, we knew yes, she was case, i knew yeah. she was a goner yes that person as soon as it was introduced that there was a previous yeah, person she's not like, gonna she's live dead. to make this accusation again. no um so so this was a completely unexpected turn of events which i love uh but he's on a dating site as brent johnson very <laughs> on the nose this is not a guy for subtlety <laughs> And his dad says, keep that name. You've destroyed everything my father and I built. Yes. And he disowns Brent. So he's no longer a Davik. He's now Brent Johnson, which is the worst name. (laughs) And Brent proceeds to... We're getting to the climactic scene. So this is the build-up to the climactic scene. He proceeds to take his dad's gun, smack his mom, go to Jess's house, and get into a confrontation with Jess and he says, you want to destroy my life for 10 minutes? You can't remember. (laughs) And she's kind of a smart cookie. She's, you know, apologizing and trying to placate him. And she says, dad over his shoulder so that he thinks her dad is coming into the room. Meanwhile, she's been boiling a pot of water for pasta. She's pregnant. She's got to eat y'all. Yeah. So she... He looks over his shoulder at the dad that's not there, and she proceeds to throw a pot of scalding pasta water into his face. It's incredible. (laughs) It's truly incredible. And then she runs out of the room to the lawn, and Brent's dad, who had been called by Brent's mom, shows up and tries to talk his son down. And there's a scuffle between Brent and his dad, and in the process, Brent's dad is shot yeah. and he dies. With his own gun. Mm-hmm. And then... So uh, the coda uh, to the film is we cut some time later. Um, Jess has had the babies. Their names are Charlie and Charlotte. A war crime. That is a war crime. <laughs> I don't know what war, but, but I... Charlie and Charlotte. But you're going to get the Hague on this? I'm going to get the Hague on this. Okay. Oh, to go to the Hague right now. <laughs> not the actual... Not the actual... Not, not the International Criminal Court, but just the Netherlands. But the place. Nice country. I'd love to go there. But I stand by my statement. It is offensive to name your twins Charlie and Charlotte. You know she is going to be dressing them in coordinated outfits until they're like 20. Mm. It's not right. (laughs) It's not right. (laughs) So then Trent's mom. No. Brent's Brent's mom. mom. I can't keep them straight. 
Trent was in the last movie, wasn't it? Yes, Trent was, yeah. Uh-huh. Kim Licka, how dare you? <laughs> you changed one letter for the second in the devil devil feature? That is crazy. Okay, so Brent's mom comes to Jess's house and says she wants to see her grandson. Can't she please just see him? Her son is in jail for the rest of his life. And her husband is dead. She has nothing. And I don't know why, but the mom actually lets her hold him. And then... Yeah. I mean, the way that she picks up... It's Charlie, right? Oh, of course it's Charlie. And we know it's Charlie because before this woman arrives, Jess says to her mom or Ryan, no. Is Ryan in jail? Which one? I don't... The... No, Brent. Brent is in jail. Ryan, okay. Ryan's she the says, father. She says the boyfriend. to Ryan, when he gets back from class, that Charlie, the Davik one, has been kicking his sister while she was napping. Oh, So you know he's yeah. bad. He's a naughty he's one. He's the rabble rouser. He's, he's the bad one. He's the evil, you know, yeah. the evil seed one. The evil twin. Yes. Oh my God, can we please see a Devic twin movie 20 years from now? Oh, I would love it. Get on it, Kim Licka. Kim Licka, you've got it in you. Okay, so it's, yes, it's Charlie that she wants to pick up. Yep. And uh, as she holds him, she says, you're a Davic. Don't you ever forget that. And one day you'll make grandmother very proud. There were so many things I found alarming about that. <laughs> I mean, I love that it sets up a potential sequel. Yes. Sequel? Sequel? Is <laughs> that like NyQuil? Um, <laughs> you can tell I'm like on my sick bed because I'm, everything is like referenced to... I'm going to be talking about like Sudafed soon. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but there were so many alarming things about that statement, but the one... That was particularly alarming. And you know what I'm going to hone in on? Grandmother. It's not... These are the Daviks. This is not Nana. Yes. It's not Grandma. It's not Grammy. It's not Nona. This is Grandmother. Oh, yeah. You will address her by her full name. Yes. It's Grandmother Davik. Thank you. Especially when you go to visit her at the vineyard. It reminded me of The Stranger. You know how in The Stranger it's Mother... Oh, yes. Instead yes. of uh-huh. mom or mommy. Wow, we've gone Dickens and Camus in this episode. <laughs> These are just the kind of literary references that Kim Licka wants you to be drawing yes. from her movie. <laughs> but anyway, so that was part of the disturbing part for me. Was that, you know, I mean, I've never heard anyone who I would describe as warm or good calling themselves grandmother. Yes. Or mother. All right. I mean, do you have anything else you want to talk about about this movie? No, I think I think I you know, got kind of uh, got my fill of uh, talking about the, uh, the Scott Davick, the the rich dad. Uh, I, oh, I I did want to note that in the film, it's mentioned as kind of a throwaway li- throwaway line that he was the advisor to the president on health care reform. <laughs> so I guess he uh, you know was an important crafter of of health care policy. Yes, maybe he knew Dr. Albert Beck. That would be something. That I, would be something. I think he probably was a, an advisor to the president on healthcare reform because we're in the Campbellverse. Yes, that's true. Good you point. Know, we've entered Doug Campbell's uh-huh. 
Doug Keppel's cabinet and yes. then <laughs> yes filled with a bunch of creepy creepy white men yes <laughs> so that's it is it trivia it. time it's trivia time it's your week list it's my week unlike two weeks ago I did not have to punish Matt with trivia because there were some good bits so Matt which cast member do you think attended Juilliard uh, is it Brent's dad? No. It's Megan Gallagher, Jess's mom. Really? Mm-hmm. She won a Theater World Award for A Few Good Men. Whoa. Yeah. In the 89-90 season. Okay. I'm not sure this is the best use of Juilliard talents, but Maybe she not. was great in the movie. She was great. Okay. Trent. Brent. Brent. (laughs) No. Okay. Brent. Mark Grossman. Uh Uh-huh. Was in... I I really cannot believe how much I've struggled with the names. He was in... Has been in. I mean, I think he's still a cast member. 352 episodes of Young and the Restless. Okay. As Adam Newman. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's been nominated for a Daytime Emmy. Oh, just, wow. Just this last year. Bravo. Bravo, Mark Grossman. Yes. Ryan Griffin Freeman. What do you think I'm going to say about him? He has an indie band. Indie rock band. No. In 2011, he was the Georgia State Champion in Poetry Out Loud, a national poetry recitation competition. Whoa, consider me blown away. Also, I'm shocked. Not that we don't know him from Poetry Out Loud, which we do not follow, sadly. Maybe we will now. But we didn't recognize him from Mile High Escorts or Sugar Daddies. He's been oh. in both of those. We oh, will wow. be seeing Griffin Freeman again yes, in the Husband will. and Wife Time podcast. So I think the best bit of trivia, Bruce Box Leitner, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea how his name is pronounced. Brent's dad. Oh, who, he, he looks like a Bruce Box Leitner. Who is referred to in my trivia as... Trent's dad, of course, because <laughs> I cannot get these names straight. <laughs> if I at any point in this podcast referred to someone as Ryan or Brent, maybe it was that character or maybe it was the exact opposite character because I can't keep them straight. They also look... Oh, we didn't discuss the looks at all for... we. I dropped that very quickly. Ryan looks very much like Trent. Like, like Brent. Brent. Jesus. <laughs> no. I'm going to get it right. This one last time. Brent's dad, Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah. In 2012, what happened to him? He won a gold medal in the London Olympics and something. No. He was inducted into the Hall of Great Western Performers at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City. What? That is a sparkling bit of trivia, my dear. I told you. I said that's going to be something that you've never even heard of before. You'd never heard of it, right? No. and I can't say I know many halls of fame outside of, you know, sporting halls of fame and music halls of fame. Yes. But uh, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I Yes. He's apparently a big 
Western actor. Okay. Well, I guess now that he's fired as CEO of Davic Pharmaceuticals, he's got time to focus on other pursuits. He has a high horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just figured out that we just figured out what we're gonna name my high horse, Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> <laughs> It's named. Okay, you were here for it. I just thought of it. Perfect. Okay, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Devil Mommy? Uh, no, no. Great film. Would recommend, uh, yes. you know, you checking it out uh, to our listeners. Um, it's on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon. Okay. We And Kim Licka, please get on the, the sequel to this. I want to see the Evil Twin movie. Post haste. Yeah. Or just give us another reason to say heteropaternal super fecundation. Yes. I'm proud of us for knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> and if I ever get pregnant, the first ultrasound we go to, I want you to ask a question about heteropaternal super fecundation. I want you to ask, even if there's just one baby, I want you to say, Okay. Is it mine? Or is this a case of heteropaternal super fecundation? <laughs> Duly noted. Just to see how the nurse responds. <laughs> Maybe give her day a little kick. Okay. Well, if we're done with Double Mommy, we're going to wrap it up. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye.